Hey there, welcome to the Next Level Nutrition Biz Podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie Long, business coach for nutritionists. I help nutritionists just like you create and launch their business and sign their first high-paying client. In this podcast, you'll learn practical strategies to start and grow your nutrition business that you can implement right away. You'll also hear from a ton of guests who have started their own thriving nutrition businesses and share what they've learned throughout their journey. Let's get started. Hello, and welcome to the Next Level Nutrition Biz podcast. You might be thinking, okay, this is weird. This is not the usual voice I listen to. Did I click on the right podcast? Where is Stephanie? But yes, you are in the right spot. I am doing a little takeover episode. My name is Alex. I am from Nutrition Moderation, and I was asked to do this little takeover episode, so I'm very, very excited to be talking with you today about my best tips and tricks, my insider tips and tricks for the nutritionist entrepreneur. So just a little bit about me before we dive into all the good, juicy, tangible stuff. For those of you that don't know me, my name is Alex King, and I'm an award-winning certified nutritionist with a focus in women's health, hormones, and the birth control pill. I mostly help women to deal with the side effects of the pill, learn the magic of cycle syncing, and to balance their hormones in general, whether it's PCOS, endo, PMDD, anything, you name it. And I'm also the host of the Holistic Women's Health podcast as well. So if you're interested in women's health and hormones, you can go check that out. And then otherwise, I do a multitude of things, which we will get into today. So I hopped on over to Instagram and I asked anyone in my audience who was a nutritionist what they wanted to know. So I've been in my business for a about three years now. So I've learned a lot along the way and I wanted to share some of these tips and tricks with you. So that's what we'll get into. The first question was, how did you find your niche? So originally when I was graduating from the Institute of Holistic Nutrition or IHN for short in Toronto, I know they have a couple of campuses elsewhere. I went to the one in Toronto and for my co-op hours in order to graduate, I started working at a clinic in my hometown that specialized in cancer and oncology And then I also did some co-op hours in a weight loss clinic, and I basically tried a whole bunch of stuff. But after I did my co-op hours in my hometown, I was actually offered a job. So I ended up doing oncology and getting certified at the Edison Institute of Nutrition as a certified holistic cancer practitioner. So I started out there, and I did love... A lot of the clients that I was seeing, the work was super fulfilling, although very difficult, especially as a first niche. It was it was a lot. And then it wasn't necessarily a niche. I kind of saw anyone who booked because this was my first year. So anyone who walked into my door, I was willing to see it all from gout to weight loss to diabetes to hormones to cancer. So many things. So I was constantly learning, 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 putting my education to good use. And then after about six months, I want to say working at this clinic in my hometown, I had a couple friends reach out to me saying they were having trouble with their hormones and if I could help them. So I thought, 
okay, this is great. I have a lot of experience myself with some hormone issues. And so I started seeing some of my friends who turned into clients and and started helping them with their issues in coming off the pill or coming off an IUD and getting their periods back. And I realized that this is where I want to be. I had always had it in the back of my mind going through school. I want to be a women's health nutritionist, but I was open to the idea of anything that came my way and getting a job right out of school was the dream. So I thought, okay, I'm going to get as many clients as I can in women's health and see if this is something I really want to do because women's health and hormones can be a little bit complicated. But after seeing those first few clients, I thought, no, this is my mission. And once I posted my story online, I had kind of shared a little bit about my personal health story, but not all the details. And when I started working with Stephanie, she really encouraged me to put out my story if I was comfortable because a lot of people would probably connect with it. So I did. And that's when I had a ton of people reach out. So if you don't know me or my story, basically... To make a very long story short, around the age of 12 or 13, I was rushed into emergency surgery to remove a cyst that had ruptured, and it was also twisting and torting my left ovary, so they also had to remove my left ovary. And then following surgery, I had my family doctor and the surgeon who recommended that I go on the birth control pill and that it would fix all my hormone imbalances and stay on it until I wanted to get pregnant and then go back on until menopause, and then we would figure it out after that. So now I have this medication that I'm supposed to be on for the rest of my life. And then after about 10 years of being on it, when I was at the Institute of Holistic Nutrition, I learned everything about the pill, and I didn't want to be on it anymore. And then I'll save you again a long story short, lots of symptoms that I got coming off, tons of hormone imbalances, skin freaking out, bloating, digestive issues left and right, hair falling out, any symptom, you name it, I had it. So educated myself, saw tons of practitioners, took all the courses, read all the books, and then finally, when I came off for the second time, I had no symptoms. So after all that, then I made it my personal mission to say, this is going to be my niche. This is what I'm going to do. And that's where Stephanie really helped me to figure out my niche and really share with other people my story. And so basically, to sum it all up, find what you love or what you're passionate about or your personal health story, or honestly, try out a, you know, a couple different niches. And it's okay if your niche changes. Just because you pick one now doesn't mean you have to stick with it forever. The older I get, I might find that, okay, maybe I want to do fertility or maybe I want to do menopause or maybe I do want to do oncology or whatever it is. You're allowed to change your mind. So just start seeing clients if that's what you want to do and you'll figure it out. The next question was, are you hired at a clinic or do you pay rent? So I do work for myself about over 90% of the time. And then once a month, I go to a clinic in my hometown and I still work there once a month, the first Thursday and Friday. So I'm kind of both. At this particular clinic, I am hired as a nutritionist. So we have all sorts of specialties at this clinic. There's naturopaths, nutritionists, RMTs, all that type of stuff. I know specifically for myself and the naturopathic doctors, we are hired as our specialty and then it's a split. So I am hired at the clinic. I'm responsible for all my own 
clients and I'm responsible for setting my own hours. I'm responsible for my lunch breaks, all that type of stuff. But there is a split where I do pay rent. So the split is a 60-40 split plus tax. And so that is something that the longer you work at a clinic, I'm sure the more you can negotiate and all that good stuff. So it totally depends with transparency. At the clinic I work at, it is a 60-40 split. And basically the I get 60 and the clinic gets the 40 plus tax and what goes to the 40 is my room rent that is for the receptionist, that is for any supplies I need, that is for basically anything that I would need from the clinic to help run my business out of the clinic. So it's a little bit of both. Next question is, I'd love to know how you balance your clients as well as working out of a clinic. So... (laughs) In the beginning, it was a little bit of a hot mess. I was super eager to learn, so I was doing it all. I was willing to see any type of client at the clinic, and at the time, I was basically full-time nutritionist. My hours were full-time there, so basically, I was working at this clinic as a nutritionist, and then shortly after, opened up a supplement store, and I started working part-time in the supplement store, and then eventually worked my way up and became the store manager there. So at one point, I was a store manager of a supplement store. I was the social media manager for the clinic and the supplement store. I was also a nutritionist in the clinic, and then I ran my own business, Nutrition Moderation, as well. And so it was a little bit chaotic seeing clients for my personal business, clients for the clinic. I was a supplement store manager, and then I was also the social media manager. So had a lot on my plate. And how did I balance it? Basically, one day at a time. (laughs) So I love an agenda. I love staying organized. I have a big dreamy brain. So sometimes I'll often take on more than I can handle. But I learned from that and readjust. So I basically planned my days for what I'm doing every day. So that was back in the day. Now looking ahead that I work there once a month and then the rest of the time I work for myself, doing the podcast, doing social media, all that type of stuff. I plan my days and this helps a lot. So I'll tell you how I break down my days. Your days will probably look very different, but I encourage you to get a pen and paper and just write down all the tasks you do, everything you do or want to be doing. So for instance, my Sunday Mondays are my weekends. For you, your weekends might be Friday, Saturday or Saturday, Sunday or whatever it is. Mine are Sunday, Monday. And then my Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday are my client days. So this is where I see clients, do my chart notes, This is where I send out supplements. This is where I create my meal plans. Anything to do with clients, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursdays. Then Fridays are my podcast and my creative day. So I have Friday and Saturday as podcast days. So that means that I have guests that book in. And I like to have it on Fridays and Saturdays because Saturday is a pretty flexible day for a lot of people who maybe work a full-time job. So I think Saturdays are great. And then, you know, Fridays and Saturdays are always fun. And for me, podcasting is so fun. So even with this right now, it's a Saturday afternoon and I'm recording this episode because I love my schedule and I'm sticking to my schedule. (laughs) 
So Friday is also creative day. So this is where I come up with templates on Canva or design eBooks or plan out some marketing campaigns, anything that has to do with creativity. This is my creative day. And then Saturday, if I have a guest or I'm recording a solo episode after that, it's usually wrapping up the week. So any little task that I didn't get to do throughout the week, like, you know, maybe I have an email that I really want to get to or something that I want to wrap up the week before I do it starting a new week. So that's my Saturdays. Anything to kind of wrap it up so I can put it away and not be thinking about it during my weekend on Sunday, Monday, if that makes sense. So that's how I plan out my days, if that helps. Someone asks, what platform do you use to run your business? And then they clarified like practice better and full script and all that good stuff. So I'll run it down for you. Everything I can think of, I wrote down. I'm sure there's more, but I hope these are helpful. So I use practice better for the platform that I use in my personal practice with my clients. I love it. And then I use Jane at the clinic that I work at. Both are great. Practice Better is not as user-friendly, but it has so many more functions and features, which I love. Jane is very visually aesthetic and pleasing and easy to use. So that one's very user-friendly, but they're both great. I use and love them both. I personally love and use, there's a feature on Practice Better that's kind of like instant messaging. So it's kind of like texting or DMing or Facebook messaging, whatever you want to call it with your clients. Some practitioners might love this. Some others might hate it. I personally love it because I find I'm way more on top of keeping up with my clients, checking in on them, seeing if they did their blood work and stuff like that. For me, it's so much easier than email because my email is inundated with people pitching guests for the podcast and, you know, people reaching out for this and that and marketing emails. And my inbox is so full. And if a client were to ask me for some type of blood work or, you know, a a quick question about their meal plan or anything like that, I would have to dig (laughs) through tons of emails and then remember to respond to it. And if I wanted to refer back to it, it would basically just be lost in somewhere in the email ether. So I love practice better for that feature, whereas Jane doesn't have a feature like that. So I would browse both and see, you know, what's going to work for you and your practice. And then I use full script for supplements, love it, use it all the time. And it integrates with both Jane and practice better as well. I use Thinkific for my courses. Other platforms that are great are Teachable, which I know Stephanie uses. And then there's Kajabi and a ton of others, but I like and use Thinkific. I use Wix for my website because that's what my web designer used. I use that Clean Life for meal plans. I use Anchor for podcasting, Canva for any creative design. I use Planoly for scheduling posts. I use my Google Calendar religiously. (laughs) Everything I have to do goes into my Google Calendar. And then a couple other little tips and tricks. I use NHP Assist for if I have a client or a family member or a friend reach out and it's not something in my specialty. For instance, over the weekend, my mom was saying, you know, we have a new neighbor and they might want to see you in your business. They have Lyme. Do you have experience with that? So I hopped on NHP Assist and typed in Lyme disease because it's been a few years since I've been out of school now and haven't seen a Lyme client or studied a Lyme client in over three years. So now I'm like, okay, 
let me check NHP Assist. It's basically a one-stop shop for all the signs and symptoms, any herbs and supplements that you would use, how the condition manifests, conventional treatments. So it's kind of like this holistic one-stop shop for what you'd need to do for different conditions, ailments. They have tons of lists of herbs and supplements on there that have all the uses. So I'm probably not describing it very well, but <laughs> if you ever have a client where you're thinking, wow, I don't even know what to start. I don't even know where to start. Basically, you just go into NHP Assist. It's a one-time, I think it was $20. So a one-time fee, not monthly, one time. And then you basically log in and it has everything. So let's say you have someone coming in for a gout and then another person for amenorrhea and another person for Lyme disease or, you know, some type of cancer. You basically type it in and then it gives you the signs and the symptoms, the supplements, conventional treatment, all that type of stuff. So those are the platforms that I use. Next question was, what are some marketing tips for when you are new? So my advice for this is that you are going to be your best marketing device. I know a lot of people would probably pitch, you know, Instagram ads or Facebook ads. And of course you can totally do that. But in my mind, you are your best marketing device. So everything you do, everything you post, everything you share, everywhere you go, everyone you meet, this all represents your business and your brand. So when you're on social media, basically just show your life and this will help to build your audience. So as you go throughout your day, share, you know, what business tools you use and how you're eating and this new supplement that you love and things like that. Everything you do or you share with someone, that's your business and your brand. I've overcomplicated this so many times and I know Stephanie has given me some great advice and even just a daily reminder sometimes, even, you know, a family member or my mom will ask me, oh, like, what do you use for, let's say, seasonal allergies? And I'm like, oh, I love this brand and, you know, I'm selling this brand and she's like, great, can I buy it from you? And I'm like, oh, yeah, let me send it to you on full script. Boom, right there, instance, not that I would charge my mom, <laughs> but if it was, you know, a client you're talking with or something like that, your daily life is your marketing device, if that makes sense. So you don't have to be super salesy or you, anything like that. Just live your life and people will feed off of you and your energy. Other advice that I have is in your first couple of years, take this as an opportunity to try everything. This is something that I've learned from and I found very helpful. So you could try working with a gym, you know, working at a yoga conference, doing a corporate wellness talk, working one-on-one -on -one with clients, making an online course, doing an online program at a clinic, becoming a private wellness chef. Honestly, the opportunities are endless for nutritionists and nutrition entrepreneurs. So anytime an opportunity came up, I basically said yes. Sometimes it was hard because it would push me out of my comfort zone, like doing a corporate wellness talk was totally out of my comfort zone. And then I ended up doing a couple after that. And I loved it. I thought it was super fun. I had put in all the, the work and effort and stress into the first one that the second time I did it, it was just so easy and natural and my slides were all ready. And then I was like, this is great. This is a great way to make money. I love getting in front of a big audience. So I would not have known that had I not said yes and tried it that first time, even though 
I was super scared and uncomfortable. The first time I did it, I thought, oh my gosh, what do I charge? How do I prepare? What do I put in the slides? What are they gonna wanna know? What am I gonna talk about? How long is it gonna be? What recipe do I make? But <laughs> I figured it out and it was super fun. And now I'm gonna do it again. So just to let you know, Counseling one-on-one -on -one is not the be-all end-all. And you know, you may want to write a book, work in television, the sky's the limit. So in your first year, or if you've been working a few years and you've only done a couple things like worked one-on-one -on -one in a clinic, maybe you want to branch out. Maybe you want to start a podcast. So those are a couple things. Otherwise, some other tips and tricks I would say is collaborating with others like podcasting, Instagram live, IG collaborating, collaborating with brands, and finally TikTok. You may love this answer or hate this answer, but this is a growing platform and there's so much opportunity out there. And this is a great way to grow and market your business. Even if you might not like it, it's a great tool. Okay, we just have three more questions and then we will wrap this up. The next question is, what supplements do you use and love? So my answer to, the, to this is that it depends on the product. <laughs> As a practitioner, your best tool is going to be Fullscript. That way you can re recommend a variety of products and you can also filter products by most prescribed to see what other practitioners are liking. So for instance, if I wanna recommend a magnesium, you can filter it by the, the newest product, the latest and greatest, the most relevant, etc. But I'll often filter it by the most prescribed so I can actually see what people are repurchasing, what practitioners are recommending, and just to see, you know, what, what product people are gravitating to the most. But other than that, I mostly use NFH products, Designs for Health, Canprev, MediHerb, and BioClinic, but it totally depends on the product. So for instance, if it's a homeopathic remedy, I like Dr. Reckaweg, Pasco, Genestra. If it's tinctures, I like St. Francis. And with this, the more you practice, the more you will learn. And this will just come with time. I know people may not like that answer, but that's just the reality is that the more you do this, the better you will get and the more you will learn. And the best thing that actually helped me with this was working in a supplement store because you get to see all the new products that come in and go out. You're pitched all the time by brand representatives, their latest and greatest product. And I would probably be happy working in a supplement store for a long, long time, but I knew that I wanted to grow my business, but I loved interacting with the, the sales reps and going to the big conferences like CHFA and learning about all these products, how to use them, how to dose them, you know, what the naturopathic doctors I was working for, what they recommended the most and how to take things and how to combine certain things. And that to me was the biggest learning experience. So if you want to know more about supplements, working in a supplement store will definitely be your greatest asset. The next question is, what have you outsourced? Like websites, photo shoots, etc. So first and foremost, definitely my website. I did try to do it on my own for a while, but once I finally spent the money to hire someone, what I learned was that, sure, my website was fine, but actually when I hired someone and outsourced it, then this is where I learned a lot more about things like SEO and keywords and all that stuff that 
when I designed my own website. I didn't know what it was and I didn't know I had to know what it was. So I didn't do anything about it. But when I got it professionally done, they did it all for me. So they had it optimized so that if someone were to Google me, then it would show up on Google. So that was important to me. So that was something that I didn't realize was important, but something that was really great to have. And then of course, next I did do a photo shoot, but my first business photos were actually ones that I pretty much begged my partner to help me take with my professional DSLR camera in the clinic that I worked at. And they were okay, but I definitely recommend doing a professional photo shoot because they just make you look awesome. They make you feel awesome. And it's it's totally worth it. So in 2022, when I wrote out my, all my business goals, my personal goals for 2022, my business goal, that was number three on my list and I got to cross it off this year. So that was something that was important to me and that I actually asked for for Christmas. And then I scheduled it in and got some professional photos done. So now my website is full of these beautiful photos that I love. I'm going to have these photos for a long, long time. And I just think it's a great thing to do. And it's a super fun experience. Then of course, you can't forget business coaching. This will always give you a leg up in your business, having someone to guide you, to support you, to encourage you, to push you out of your comfort zone. That stuff is priceless. It, it really is. If there's anything I've learned from growing my business with a business coach and without a business coach, it helps a lot. So if you're wondering what you should outsource, let that be one of the first things you outsource because, you know, even before you have a website or before you see clients, because they can help you set up the foundations, you know, getting insurance, preparing your business, choosing a niche, you know, the best website to the best platform to host your website. All this stuff really helps. So definitely can't forget a business coach. And then next thing on my list to get outsourced is going to have to be automations. So that's something I've been thinking a lot about recently is having a lot of my business run itself so I can focus on my clients and things right now that are not running themselves are a lot of things that can be automated. So a lot of email stuff, a lot of, you know, funnels and freebies and things like that, that I'm spending a lot of time going back and forth on could totally be automated. So that's something that is next on my list. And the very last question was, how do you practice a work-life balance as an entrepreneur? So this is something that I'm still learning a lot. It's really easy for me to work until 11 p.m. at night and have my laptop open and just, you know, chip away at different things. But I have found, especially working for myself and especially working from home, it's so important to set business hours and then give yourself a lunch break, you know, a weekend break, give yourself a morning routine, give yourself time for an evening routine. It's easy for other people to be like, oh, you're working from home and you work for yourself. You know, can you go pick up my dry cleaning at 2 p.m. on a Wednesday afternoon? Or can you pick up some groceries and it's like a Thursday at 11 a.m.? So definitely 
definitely set some business hours and then set those boundaries with friends and family just saying, okay, you know, I'm working for myself. I'm building up my business and my empire. These are my business hours. If you need your dry cleaning or some groceries, that's just going to happen after my work day. Because if you worked at an office, people wouldn't be asking you to do these tasks. And even if it's not someone asking you to do these tasks, as an entrepreneur, especially in the first few years of building your business, it is going to be important to set these boundaries because of course I would much rather go on a walk some days or go get groceries or you know cut out in the middle of my day and pick something up for someone. But that's just taking the easy way out. And I do need to work and of course I wouldn't leave my day job if I was working for someone else to go run an errand in the middle of the day. So treat your business and yourself as your day job, as if you're working for someone else and take those breaks. If you're working for someone else, you get a lunch break. You get a, you know, a couple breaks here and there. So schedule those in as well, because over time you will be more successful if you are not burnt out. And that's the fast track way to get burnt out is just to work all hours of the day, you know, and then take breaks in the middle of the day and then make up for it by working until 11 p.m. and etc. So definitely set regular business hours. For me, I work 10 to 6. That's what works for me. If you're somewhere else, you might want to work different hours, but I like to have a morning routine. So I start work at 10 and then I end at 6. And then you know what, if I have a couple emails to do, then I'll send a couple in the evening, but I don't take client calls past six and I very, very rarely will schedule something past six o'clock on the off chance that I'm being a guest on a podcast in Australia, which has happened a couple times. That'll be the exception. And that's something that I don't mind doing. But if you want to set super stern business hours, then do that. It's your business. And then I mentioned giving yourself a weekend and having good morning and evening routine to prepare yourself for the day and then wind down from the day. Other little tips and tricks are to have a scent. So perhaps you roll on an essential oil at the start of your workday and the brain really responds to scents. So you may have heard of a wedding day fragrance, for instance, or if you can picture something like bubble yum and all of a sudden it brings you to this childhood memory that you just associate that smell with or a food that a family member cooked when you were young, it instantly brings you back to that moment. So having a special work scent can get you into work mode much quicker. And then maybe having one at the end of your workday as well. So maybe at the end of your workday, you want to use some lavender in your diffuser to set the tone that, okay, work is done. And now it's time to relax and wind down. And maybe when you're starting your work, you want to use something with orange or peppermint for stimulation and brightness. Other things, if you're like me, and when I first started my business, I was in a one bedroom apartment and in downtown Toronto. So I did not have an office. I had a desk that was basically off the bedroom and the kitchen. 
And uh, that was it. And I, and even before I got a desk, I was mostly working from the kitchen table. And this was not ideal. So even if you are in a studio or a one bedroom apartment, having the tiniest corner of workspace or a very particular chair somewhere that you can go to and get work done and then don't go back to that spot outside of working hours. So this will help a lot with setting those boundaries, setting those working hours and telling your brain this is work mode. So if you have a particular chair or a particular room for your office or a, you know, a desk or like the tiniest space, if you have a small apartment like I did, having that desk was game changing because it was like when I sit at this desk in this office chair, this is work time. This is working hours. When I sit at the kitchen table, this is my lunch break. And then, you know, when I'm in the living room, this is at the end of the day when I'm winding down to relax. So I encourage you not to work from your bed or the couch or any other room in your house. Have that tiny, have that office space, even if it's small. And this will signal to your brain that this is working time. And then lastly, when in doubt, schedule everything in Google Docs. This will really, really help with your work-life balance because having everything put into Google Docs when someone's trying to schedule for the podcast or schedule to be a client. And, you know, then I have those days off. So I'll put a hike in the calendar or put that friend date in my calendar. This really helps me to see overall how much time I'm spending with friends and family on the business, you know, filming videos for TikTok or Instagram, how much time I'm, you know, allocating for getting groceries or going on a hike or things like that. So typically I totally have Monday, Tuesday blocked completely out. And then Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, if someone's trying to book, that is exclusively for clients. Friday, Saturday is podcast and that's all in my Google Docs. So if someone wants to book in through my calendar through Practice Better or my calendar through Calendly, which I use for the podcast or wherever it is they're trying to book, it all eventually leads back to everything is hooked up to my Google Doc, to my Google Calendar. And so then it's a one-stop shop where I can see everything I have going on. And this really helps to remind myself that, okay, it's okay to take days off. It's okay to take that lunch break. It is okay to hang out with these friends and, you know, this is the time to do this. So that's a great tip for work-life balance. And that's all the questions that I got. So I just wanted to say thank you for listening to this episode. I hope I gave you lots of really tangible tips and tricks so that You learned a lot about the different ins and outs of working for yourself and working for a clinic and all the different tools and things that I use. I hope you found that super helpful. And I'm very honored to be talking with you on this podcast. So thank you to Stephanie for allowing me to share all this great stuff with you guys. And if you want to catch up with me, I'm at Nutrition Moderation on Instagram. I'm hello at nutritionmoderation.com if you want to reach out for any other reason. And then, of course, I'm on the podcast, the Holistic Women's Health Podcast on every platform you can imagine. And then TikTok, same thing, at Nutrition Moderation. Basically, anywhere I'm at Nutrition Moderation, anywhere you want to find me. So lots of love and gratitude to everyone listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and I'm sure I'll talk with everyone soon enough. 
thanks for listening in. If you like this episode, feel free to leave us a review, share the episode with a friend, or take us on social media. Catch you next time.